Three movies enter, one movie leaves as we watch Crime Wave over and over and over again. The first one, directed by Sam Raimi and written by the Coen brothers. The second one, a noir film from the 50s. The third one, a sweet little Canadian film that we get to watch all today. So that could be only one podcast. Police and thieves in the street. Welcome to the Derek Me Only One podcast where we watch films with the same title that have nothing to do with each other and decide if any of them or if all of them need to change their title. My name is Robert Rowe and joining me today are Herman Omega Brown Davis and Joseph Joey Patton. <laughs> Still trying to work that catchphrase in there. <laughs> What's well, not as cool as Omega Prime? Some people call me Joseph, some people call me Joey. It's true. Uh-huh. Is, that, is that true? Like you, you, get, you get the mix? Yeah. Who do you feel calls you Joseph more than Joey? Uh, people I work with. <laughs> oh, trying to keep it professional, oh, I yes, see. Yeah. Okay. Well, Joey sounds like, you know, I'm a character on a TV show, and that's not always how I want to be <laughs> presented professionally. You never so. introduce yourself as Joe to try like, yo, I'm oh, Joe. No, see, it's funny. Yeah. I get that a lot, but I actually hate the name Joe. You hate of, the name of the, Joe? Of the three, okay. Joseph and Joey are definitely one and two. So. Okay. What about a J. Joseph Jameson sort of thing? Thing working, you know, like a character from a Spider-Man comic. You don't want that sort of thing working on? Whatever makes you happy, Robert. It's Jonah Jameson, but it's close enough. <laughs> Do you have a middle name? Ray. Ray. Oh, Lord. Ray. Joseph Ray Payton. And it kind of rolls off the tongue. That's why I like it. Oh, boy. Now all the stalkers can find Joey. <laughs> good job, Herman. Yeah. I'm going to call him a good, you, good It's mom. not easy to keep everybody's identity say, quiet you know around my here. my mother's made a name, too, or what? Yeah, I already know it's Smith. But, uh, no, but good old JR is a good one. Yeah, JR, I get that one. Yeah, yeah, all right. Fair enough. That's close enough. So, uh, uh, this this little endeavor, we brought Joey in on this because, yeah, this isn't your job. Your, your name's Joey on this. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> because uh, we were looking for someone else to torture this these films with as opposed to Herman, and we found another yeah. subject. Uh, Thank God, because he was, took notes. This, well, this... These this was the first time I was looking forward to not just one of the films but all three of the films. Mm-hmm. These were uh, when when you look these up uh, when you have the various services available to you and you can see what's available on Prime or whatever it is. Uh, it helps to find through reviews if these are actually any good. And the lowest reviewed film that we watched was the first one that we watched out of the bunch. Actually, had the best pedigree out of any of the films that we were watching. It's mean, the last. When you say pedigree, you mean more money put into it? No, like it had the the stock behind it, like the 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 trade, the people that that did the film okay. come with a sense of reputation behind them, and you think, oh, well, they can actually make a decent film. So you think, even though it's mentioned that Sam Raimi disowned his film, and the oh, Coen wow. brothers usually don't take care of the film after they write it the ones that they pass off to other people aren't necessarily considered a coen brothers film they write a lot of films that don't actually do well uh that get handed to someone else usually the stuff that they make and uh or write and direct are the ones that people remember like your no country for old men's your big lebowski's your fargo so on and so forth as opposed to uh gambit or suburbicon or what was another one they wrote uh what was the one that was directed by Angelina Jolie about the guy that was in the Japanese uh, internment camp? Bangkok Dangerous? No. It, it, <laughs> yes. That's, that's Japanese, uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. 
Well, it, it was it, it was it was about a guy that was trying to not break. I think it was like unbreakable or un, undefeatable or something to that degree. They were trying to make it as like a a big film that was going to happen, like a uh, like it was her Oscar bait sort of thing that was I happening. Thought, the only one I could think of talking about Oscar bait was The Pearl with Daniel Pearl. Unbroken is the Unbroken. Name. That's twenty fourteen. Yes. Yeah, yeah they wrote that one too. It. But those films aren't necessarily as remembered. As the other ones, because they don't get turned into festivals that people attend or award-winning <laughs> TV shows that people watch. You know, these are these are the uh, byproducts. And the first one of these that was ever made was the first Crime Wave that we watched. And to give everybody an idea, which we won't, uh, we're going to play the trailer, and then we'll be right back, guys. Detroit. Land of opportunity. Would you like to have some lunch some evening? No, really. I haven't seen you here before. Where people are friendly. I like that, that woman. You're cute. Love is everywhere. And everyone seems to be frying, flying, and dying. Crime wave. A fiendish plan to turn citizens into shock absorbers. And only one man is bold enough to try and stop it. Crime wave, crime wave, it's all about that crime wave. Crime wave, crime wave, it's all about that crime. Yeah! Oh, you're done? All right. My bad. Next time I will interject quicker. Okay. So this crime wave has a few familiar faces behind it. Uh, Joey, you actually wrote notes. Do you have the names of people as I pull up my phone looking at the uh, the <laughs> list of things? Um, I didn't. I didn't actually write any of the names of the. Good well, enough. Well, yeah. I mean, the most famous name that I can come up with that a lot of people, at least my age, would recognize would be. Uh, Breon James, he's been in a lot of things. So. Uh-huh. Bruce Campbell was in it That's also. Right, yeah. And also, I, I, was, I was joking around because Ted Remy made a, a cameo in it. He was the waiter that was just laughing on the side. Oh, that was when, Ted Ramey? Yeah, yeah, that's why I mentioned was, that earlier. Yeah, that's why I was like laughing because I'm oh. like, he always make a, a cameo in his. Uh, is, is Sam his brother or cousin? They're they're married. Thank you very much. Oh, well, my <laughs> bad. And other brothers. He always make a point. They're uh, brothers. He always make an appearance in his life partner work, you know? Yes, yes. Okay. So the movie is uh, very simple in most of the way the Coen brothers do these things. Uh, there is a crime that is committed, but the crime is... It doesn't work out, so mm-hmm. other, other things domino after the fact. It's kind of remind me of Fargo a little bit with the slapstick and the whole... Yes, exactly like Fargo. Yes, Good exactly. job, Herman. I wonder why. <laughs> Very astute, Herman. <laughs> For figuring that out. Also remind me of everybody's in Arizona for some reason. Ugh. All right, look. The, 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 this movie was given the thin shell of a script and then presented to Sam Raimi, and he went to town on this. This is a man who, uh, for some reason, both of you guys were uh, just uh, arguing about like various physics things that happened in it. You have to think <laughs> cartoon physics when you watch his films. If you've seen a Roadrunner cartoon... What happens when the uh, Wiley e. Coyote is on the edge of a, a cliff? He doesn't fall off immediately. He waits till the feather falls on him, and then all of a sudden <laughs> that changes the the weight distribution. If it only works if it's funny or if it's poignant. So that's basically what this movie yeah. turned out to it, be. It had a mix of live action, animation, and cartoon physics that reminded me of Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Yes. 
We uh, the the entire film is told as uh, as a guy is being delivered to the electric chair for crimes that we are about to see. He basically goes how he had a a life of leisure, I guess, where he is a security guard at a small hotel or apartment complex, and he falls in love with one of the tenants. Of course he would. And this tenant has also got other suitors. Turns out that one of them is Bruce Campbell. He he got added to a much bigger role because he wasn't supposed to be Vic. Like, they wanted... Uh, Bruce Campbell to play Vic, the studio would not give Sam Raimi three million bucks in order for him to play Vic. So that wow. wasn't like his asking price. They weren't going to give the, the the money to make the movie. That's basically what it turned out. Oh, okay. Into. I'm about to say three million dollars. Yeah, back yeah. then. Jeez. Yeah. No, no, the whole movie cost three million bucks. That's that's what that's what we're aiming for on this one. Why did what, I, I would have loved to see Bruce Campbell in that role as Ajax? I thought that oh, of course it, that's that that's yeah that's his boy. As you bring up, Ted Raimi is also Sam Raimi's boy. So is Bruce Campbell. Bruce Campbell appears in all these Spider-Man films. He's in uh, uh, several Coen Brother movies too. So he, was it's, al- he was also in. I know. I don't know if you watched it, Xena the um, Warrior Princess series that. Uh, that Sam kind of produced. Uh-huh. He was also a character in, in those. In those. Uh, this episodes. movie was so much like Xena Warrior Princess. <laughs> Said was, no one. Ever. Geez, it, was, it was very cartoonish. That makes so much sense. <laughs> I I totally agree, Herman. This is exactly like Xena the Warrior Princess. Okay. Yes, I am done making Amazon so, Warrior Princess. Uh, at the same time, someone else in the apartment complex is mad that his business partner is selling off his business to Bruce Campbell. Uh, to turn into a uh, gentleman's club, yes. to say it nicely. Uh, so instead of uh, talking to his part, his business partner, he decides might as well kill him. There's a guy in the phone book that he could do this. Turns out exterminators means exterminators that you could do this. The two exterminators are Brian James and Paul Smith. Paul Smith, you would know as the guy that played Bluto in the Popeye series. He's also in Dune and Maverick uh, uh, for other films that he was in. Breon James is that guy that was in Fifth Element that was handing uh, Corbin Dallas the ticket to go to Flossom yes. Paradise. He was frozen. He was frozen yes. and killed and then brought back in the movie because they forgot they needed to bring him back. Right. So uh, <laughs> uh, those are your two main bad guys. They they play your typical bad guy where one is the overbigging uh, uh, gruff, the other one is the Weasley kind of person. He even has a very Weasley laugh the whole time. They have a, a fun little game that they play where one tries to smoke, the other one smashes a hand into the glove box as he tries to smoke, and everybody laughs about that sort of thing. Uh, they are successful in killing off his partner, but they are also successful in killing off so many other people in this movie. That's basically what this turns into. They realize that they are not very good at keeping their crimes quiet, so they have to kill other people. It's like every time they kill somebody, somebody witnesses it. So it's like this endless string of having to kill more and more people. Sort of like a wave, you would think. Is that <laughs> is that uh, how you would wow, characterize it? I never saw it that no. way. Around. I was thinking yeah. it was something like a very bad things. Remind me of that movie. During this whole time, you have Vic <laughs> trying to trying to get on uh, uh, with the uh, the lovely woman that was in yes. this movie uh, to no avail until he becomes a knight in shining armor. Uh, and and when you think everything's working out okay. She becomes one of the possible victims of these two guys. Will she survive? Will Vic be able to get electrocuted in peace? Or will he have to say his entire speech for the hour and a half? (laughs) 
check in and see for yourself. I'll uh, find out on the next episode of There Can Be Only One. Yeah, that's what we do. We're actually going to make another podcast that uh, that spoils everything. It's yeah. called uh, There Can Be Only One After Dark, yeah, where <laughs> where we we leave everybody uh, wanting uh, that wanted more from this, uh, mm-hmm. as this is their only explanation for finding these things out. Not that there is an entire uh, web resource to find any of these things. I think these three movies, I don't think if they haven't watched it by now, the only reason why they will watch it is because of... <laughs> because we, we talked about it? Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, the, the, the only way that we found this one was at the library, and the library copy is shit. So, uh, <laughs> like, it, we had to actually burn it into a, into a computer in order for it to actually work. So, uh, your thoughts on this crime wave. Take it, guys. Hey, Joey. Well, I definitely thought it was uh, quite the 80s movie. Yes. <laughs> you got your uh, your cheap animation just thrown in there for no really good reason and all these sound effects like every time the characters would look at each other, look at each other in the in the, the dancing scenes, there would be these like, you know, gunfire shots. And I you know, I thought it was actually pretty entertaining uh, throughout the whole movie. Um, it's set in Detroit, so we got a lot of Detroit references in there. But uh, it had certain set pieces that worked better than other ones. The the one where Brian Smith uh, is it Brian Smith. I just pulled up the phone. And Paul, I Smith. Paul Smith. Paul Smith. Yeah, he's trying to get the newly widowed wife out of the uh, out of her apartment complex and starts doing some very comical things in the process of trying to get her. That 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 whole thing worked out. There's other ones that don't work out as well. Uh, the car chase scene was fun. Yeah. Uh, at the very end. Uh, but but overall. It was okay. It's one of those things that you might seek out if you are a fan of either one of these and want to complete your catalog of watching everything. Because I actually watched Suburbicon recently because it was written by the Coen brothers for that only reason. It's actually a lot different from what the trailers say. And that might be the problem that people have with the movie is the trailers have one way of you watching this. And then when you watch it, it turns into something else. It also is kind of ham-fisted and trying to tell you its entire film. I don't know if you've seen the things on Superbicon. That's the film with uh, Matt Damon, Julianne Moore, okay. uh, uh, Oscar Isaac, and so on and so forth. Basically, yeah, what we written about the Coen Brothers, right? Yeah. Okay. It, basically, what happens is there are uh, there's uh, this whole town that has been uh, assimilated called Superbicon, and everybody likes being in it. It's very much like a Pleasantville right, setup, right? And in the process of one family turning to a uh, series of unfortunate events. Another family moves into the neighborhood, and they're black. So everybody's, all their focus is on them. Now, that was not in the trailer. Yeah, it's not in the trailer at all. Yeah, that's what I was saying. I did not know that. Right, right. They they start up uh, some serious shit during the the whole time, but the movie's trying to tell you is like, who's really the people you should be paying attention to? This family because they're a different color or this family because they're really screwing things up for the neighborhood? Oh, it's that's a ba- movie. Okay. Yeah, that, that's the, like I said, very over the head. Uh, like, they just bang it with a sledgehammer, like, telling you that that's what's going on so, this thing. I, I mean, this is a side track because we've seen downsizing. No! We keep going! We've seen downsizing <laughs> in Fantastic Fest. So Matt Damon is coming out with these uh, social movies that... He's just coming out with movies, man. He I just, mean, downsizing money. was about... Was about not really with Matt Damon. Recycling uh, and I don't know, saving and wasting stuff. Dude likes popping up in films. Like he seems to be a person that enjoys coming into a movie and doing a little bit. He actually had a bit cut out of Ocean's Eight. He was supposed oh, to be, really? yeah, he was supposed to be in it, and they cut his scene out. But he's he does cameos in other films. Did you see Thor Ragnarok? He he I makes didn't. an appearance in that. 
and he's also in Deadpool too. Heavily makeup, so you can't even tell it's him. Yeah. What's funny is they had Alan Tudyk with them, and the whole time it made you think that this was a reunion for Tucker and Dale versus Evil right. because they're both uh, Hicks. And they're basically describing about how to wipe your ass properly. <laughs> when Cable comes in and takes their stuff, he pulls a Terminator hey, move. Hey, for, um, this is like thirty minutes. This is like thirty minutes into the movie. Dog, <laughs> no, no need to. This, this is not spoiling anything. No, yeah. no, no. It's just to say that he's he likes throwing things out there. And being a actor, it's different than being a director or writer. You're just there to do something. And a lot of people think Matt Damon is the prototypical lead guy that you need to have in your film. He's got a he's got a look that you need to have out there. Really? Well, what do you mean, really? Look at his filmography, I dude. Be, don't even be, don't even yeah. try this really crap yeah, on me. I, I, I won't go with him. He was uh, he was Jason Bourne. Yeah. For all Jesus Christ, movies. it's Jason Bourne. Yeah, he was Jason Bourne the entire time. Uh-huh. And he's been on uh, the lead act. He bought a zoo, damn it. <laughs> he bought a zoo. Yeah, he bought a he's zoo. He's the kind of guy I would think would buy a zoo. I don't think that he would be my leading man. You know, I go with Ben. That's the leading man right I there. I go with Ben Affleck over Matt Damon. Oh, Jesus. Yes. And Ben Affleck's so dreamy. Uh, you know? No. Yeah. No, well, For no, a while, no. if you had one, you had to have the other. He's so. Batman. Yes, he is. He got him all. Congratulations, yeah. Herman. He got you him figured all. it out. He got him About, About the, um, the first movie? Yeah. Well, I, <laughs> Herman wants to move on to the next movie. I just wanted like. to add on that there are a couple of good shots and set pieces with that one. Like one that caught my eye was at one time uh, Breon James is trying to get into the elevator, and they zoom in on uh, the the buttons next to the elevator. He keeps pressing it. He's waiting for the elevator to come up. He's you know trying to hide a dead body basically. But what happens is they end up cutting off half of the. In case of fire, use stairway sign. And so you just see the part that says stairway. And it's almost like it's trying to tell him, hey, use the stairway. Right, right. They, that, that whole scene was a, uh, a way of comically building up tension, which is nice. It was it, like the little set pieces. Some of them worked, some of them didn't. And, I think and the whole- it was, it's a fine film, but it's not one you have to go out there and seek. But more importantly, does this film need to be called Crime Wave? Yeah, no. Okay. Uh, no, even though I didn't. What, like, what are you going to call it then, Herman? <laughs> the exterminator men. I think X, and then putting the, the dash in there, extermin, <laughs> exterminate, uh-huh. like exterminate, like uh-huh. like it, it's a way of saying like you know, like they 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 exterminate, like they were terminators, like okay. they. I think that was. Well, see, I'm gonna have to vote down your suggestion because that happens in, a in, lot in, in these podcasts. It's only one of two of the three movies we're going to talk about today that yes. actually has exterminators in them. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's true. So I don't know that you can solely yeah, call that cool. one about you, They are main characters. Do you want to keep the title for this the movie, or do you think you need to change? Of, of all the three movies we watched today, I'm actually going to vote that this one keeps crime. Ooh, okay. Yeah. okay. You got you got the the setup with the initial crime, the crimes that follow it. It's entertaining. I liked it. In the case nobody, in there case, was there was something I wanted to throw in for like shocking or lightning because that plays over oh, prevalence yeah. in, in the movie. The, the, the very first shot, yeah, yeah I, and it. and I looked it up and completely forgot about a movie called Thunderstruck, starring a <laughs> Kevin Durant when he was a member of the Oklahoma <laughs> yeah, City Thunder. I remember, That's I remember, right. I remember that yes. movie. Yeah. But I was gonna say just so people out there will understand. Yes, I hated this movie. If I would have watched this movie back in 85 when I was six years old, I probably would have liked it, but 
Now that I'm almost uh, now he's age, now he's sophisticated not, and he loves like, like things movie. like Truth or Dare for films. <laughs> hey, that's a good movie. I don't care what nobody say. Nobody no, agrees. No, with, no, you are correct. Yes. No one agrees with you that that's a good movie. <laughs> well, you know what? I follow my own choices in life. That's my true. Own man. There, that is true. No. Okay. Uh, so we will leave this on the table when we get into the discussion. and Move on to our next film which will also have a hard time being described through the trailer, but we will at least leave the space here just in case. Crime Wave from 1953. Pretty, isn't she? The third largest city in the country. And she's quite a lady. Kind of peaceful, too, in the warm, friendly light of day. But when the light goes down and the city is dark, its back streets and brooding alleys become a jungle. And its denizens stretch out their claws of violence from the shadows. That's where I come in. Sims, homicide. Because murder is my business, and midnight is my beat. And it takes me to the real story behind a thousand front-page headlines. Sometimes to the savage fury of a report that begins when a man's life is ended. And so the word goes out along the city's vast network of communication. Killers loose, ready to kill again, dragging innocent lives with them in a reckless pattern of flight as they try to hide and a city stripped naked where there is no escape. But the wheels of the law's machinery grind hard and the long arms of the department stretch out, girdling the city, drawing the steel net tighter and tighter. Where's the money, Lacey? I don't know. Come on, what did you do with it? I told you I didn't touch his money. How do you know Morgan had any money on him? You stay on your side of the fence. I'm looking for a cop killer. I can't figure it. What do you see in a guy like me? We're back, everybody. (laughs) No more crime wave songs? Oh, no. Why are you uh, preventing us from hearing more of these things? Now, this one had a decent cast, but it also has a lot of secondary characters that you might not expect to be in one of these things. This is one of the first films that Charles Bronson was in. That's right. Uh, They actually have an uncredited one, and I was trying to explain to everybody uh, during this, uh, uh, as the film was happening, he was just listed as uncredited. His name was Timothy Carey. He, he wrote and directed a film that was on Turner Classic Movies called uh, The World's Greatest Sinner. It's one of those things that is as schlocky as a film gets. He basically turns into a, a cult member, and he uses his power to like have sex with everything. You, you got the impression that this guy was over the top just by watching the little bit of a perfor- performance, and all he had to do was play gin with the wife at, at some point, so... He he had a magnanimous presence that no one would willing was willing to actually perform with him. He was scheduled to be in Godfather, and he walked off the set. Wow! Yeah, and, and it's funny. He got uh, uh, one of the special thanks that Quentin Tarantino had in Reservoir Dogs was to him. So it's not like he he, he definitely made an uh, a pres- impression in his career. This one might not be as much. This was the shortest film that we saw. It was an hour and fi- thirteen minutes. All of our films relatively Wait, short. Really? That's it. Hour and fifth hour and twenty five minutes for the first one. Hour and thirteen minutes or whatever for the second one. Hour and twenty, 20? minutes. Yeah. See, yeah, it seemed longer because I actually like this movie the most. Out of it is a very good crime thriller. Yeah, it's it's probably the the most actual full and through movie of the three. Movies, All right. right, yeah. To explain what goes on, there is a string of events that the 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 cops have tied to three people that have escaped from prison. And they've kept it kind of low-key because all they're doing is robbing various gas stations or grocery stores. But the last one that they do, the one that we watch and everybody else in the audience, uh, they kill a cop. 
And and as we have seen, not only in movies but in everything else, you kill a cop. That is a red flag. Bad so, news. Yes. So they decide that they're just hunting him down isn't enough. They've got to go into his old contacts. So that's when they find Steve Lacey. This is a man that has been away from the crime scene for two years. He's got a wife. Everything's great. You know, it's got that moment where he's like, I love you, honey. You're the best thing that's ever happened to me. Wow, can you love like a, a wretch like me? And he's like, oh, baby, you're the greatest. What's even better is when they put an APB out for Steve Levy. He's yes. like, he's 32 years old, but he looks younger. Yeah, <laughs> right. He yeah, looks he's, younger. Yeah. He's so dreamy, too. He's American, by the way. Blonde hair, blue eyes. Yes. Yeah. Well, it's our code for he's white. <laughs> <laughs> and and when you look for him, like, don't fall in love. Call the cops is, right. what, they're, is what they were trying to Avoid say. Avoid direct eye contact. Right. So they have this cop that feels like he's out, out for him, like specifically out for him. Detective uh, Sims. Yeah, Detective name? Sims. He's yeah. played by... Uh, Sterling Hayden, that's who, his name. Yeah. Who actually was in The Godfather. In, yeah, he was in The Godfather. He was also in Doctor Strangelove. Yeah. He's, right. he's been in stuff. Yeah, he was the cop that uh, basically was on the take for the um, for Mo, not Mo Green, but he's the one that Michael uh, shot, in the, shot in the restaurant. Right. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, the, the guy that we were talking about, Steve, his fourth highest credit is Crime Wave, so you probably won't know him for much wow. of anything. <laughs> He, um, but he's he's the dreamy dude that uh, uh, that the lieutenant is going after. Like he's hassling him because he knows he's he can never lead the lifestyle. It's recidivism, mm-hmm. and we're gonna get you. And he's like, "No, you're not. I'm out of the business, man." <laughs> so you got a lot of that uh, high stepping going on during this, like the total fifties noir feel to it. It's 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 great. Like watching this, uh, the the actions between these guys. Uh, one of the three guys was shot during the last uh, or the cop killing thing. Yeah, right near the beginning of the movie. Right. So he thinks, I know what I'll do. I'll go over to my good friend Steve's house and I'll invite a doctor to come over there to fix me. Uh, too bad he thought about this too late because the time he shows up, the guy's dead. Yep. The doctor's like, I came all this way. I'm going to take some money. <laughs> I'm yeah, going to get paid. I, I, but I like the attention to detail right there because I didn't, I didn't understand when they robbed the, the gas station after the dude got shot. He put majority of the money in the guy's pocket to get shot and told him to drive away. Yes. I didn't realize that he did that because the code on the street in that back of that time was, if you got shot, we're going to give you some money so that you can meet up with a doctor to get yourself fixed. That's right. right. That's I, I, didn't, I didn't realize that. I was like, man, there was some honor among thieves back in the day. Yes. Now. I mean, other than that, yeah. what else What else could he have done? Like, giving that sweet suit away? That would, that, like, that's that all he just, had. I thought it was just a split up thing because they streeted them together. Right, right. You know, split up. You take the car. And, you know, we just make it on our feet and walking because you can't walk. That's right, what right. I thought it was. Yeah, he said, I can't drive right when they're trying to force him into the car. And right. So he just drives away immediately. And then he, he tries to park the car a mile away from Steve Lacey's house in order to, you know, not lead him, mm-hmm. not lead the police to where he's going. Right. But then walking a mile pretty much is what did him in. Yep. So. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, so the cops come by, find the dead body, start hassling Steve. And Steve's like, you can't get me, man. I'm out of the business. And they're like, we'll bring you downtown. <laughs> downtown. They tell him everything except for that the, the, the doctor came by. And eventually... That starts like itching at the lieutenant. He's like, I got to know more about this doctor guy because he was in with the other people, and they're bound to have some sort of connection. Mm-hmm. Turns out that they, they they he squeals like immediately. He's like, you you I'm I I totally was in on it. He's like, well then you're my puppet man. You're gonna go back to Steve and find out more information. During that time, Steve and his new wife they're like, oh finally everything's done. 
and it wrapped up a lot quicker than we thought. It was even an hour and 13-minute movie, and we're done like 30 minutes. We don't have to do anything. <laughs> Let's make some steaks. Let's yeah. just make some potatoes, steaks. It's great. It'll fill the apartment with so much smoke. We'll, we'll enjoy it. It yeah. smells for weeks the afterwards. Charred and rare is what they said they wanted to Oh, yeah. <laughs> right into favorite. a pan. <laughs> uh, they come back home. Find the other two criminals there. Oh, no. And it turns out that they the reason they doubled back is they've got this great idea to rob a bank. Right. <laughs> it's like, forget about this other stuff. And we're going to be so far ahead of them because guess what? Steve's a pilot. Steve's going to get us in the air. We're going to fly off to Neverland. Yeah. And no one will ever find us. This is near California, so they're expecting to fly somewhere like in Mexico, somewhere. Yeah, halfway That's, through. That was the issue. Yeah. Halfway through, this movie just turned into a bank heist movie. <laughs> right, right. Uh, eventually, uh, they, they rope Steve and his, his wife into the mix, and now it's, it's up to Steve. Has he gone back into the system? Will he help out the lieutenant? What will happen, guys? Find out on There Can Be Only One After Dark. Sing the song, Herman. <laughs> there can be only one. After dark, after dark, they can It does be feel only like a one. Teddy Pendergrass song, after doesn't dark, it? <laughs> after dark, I don't know. It's <laughs> only one baby. It's gonna be me and you. That's the one I'm so referring if to. So if it's in the Pendergrass, I gotta give instruction like there could be only one after dark, so turn off the oh, lights. Jesus. Christ, man. Turn them off! Joey you trying to hurt even, our listeners? Yeah, here? Joey wasn't even, like, wearing headphones and he heard that shit. <laughs> Turn them off! But right. that's Titty. That's yeah. Titty, man. I got, hey, if you're going to do Titty, you got to do Titty right. You got to go 100%. You know? No, no, you are not doing it right. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm here as a member of Teddy Pendergrass' estate uh, saying that you now need to uh, go to his grave and offer an apology to Teddy. He's dead, right? <laughs> yes, I, yes. He was paraplegic for a while. Did he eventually die from uh, yeah. not moving around? Yeah, he died. Okay. I like how you wow. like, was, was kind of like, uh, I'm, I'm about to kill the guy, and I don't know if he's dead or not. Right. Yes. Uh, yeah. yeah. It makes a, sense he's dead, right? Yeah, he's yeah. survived, yeah, he's survived a right, co-accident. In, in your medical <laughs> opinion, from lying around too much. Yes, from lying around too much, <laughs> being bored. That's what happens, man. But, That's um, how these things go. Uh, so, so this film, very straightforward, but still... Decent film. I yeah. enjoyed it. You, Herman? Oh, I enjoyed it thoroughly. It's, it's becoming a trend on this podcast that I'm seeing to be enjoying the movies that came out before 1960 better than the movies that came out recently. Well, the ones that have stuck around. And yeah. this is only fair because a lot of films that don't do well do not stick around. We do mm-hmm. live in a world where it doesn't matter when it comes out. There's ways to find it. Uh, but... You got to figure. Even Box Office Mojo really doesn't care about films. When you look up the yearly stuff, and this is the only drawback to trying to find movies with the same title. If you go on Box Office Mojo, if they have a year next to a name mm-hmm. of a movie, that means another film exists sometime as well. Okay. If it's, it may be just be a remake or a reboot or whatever. But still, it's a way. It's a good way of finding it. However, they only tracked up to about nineteen, like only to about nineteen eighty. So if you want to find something before that, you're not going to have a good time finding it. At least through box office mojo. There are other ways to find it. Trust me, I get bored at work. So um, <laughs> right. So I'm not really. I, I like the. Something about these old movies was the, is the dialogue that they talking to each other, but they give you the story of their life while they're talking to somebody <laughs> who's supposed to already know their life story. I mean, that's right, your right, wife, right. like. 
she already knew that you've been in jail and you know that you that you're a loser that you just came out and you're hanging on by a thread you yeah. got a, a job you used to be a pilot but now all you can do is fix planes and every now and then they let you take the plane up in the air but it's I don't know why you won't be with me baby why do you love me why you won't be me oh baby I know what you do but you care for me how I, I wanted you and I got you and that's the way it's gonna be I'm like what the hell and that is verbatim like one of the scenes from the movie <laughs> I tell you I like this movie man yeah. What you thought about it, Joe? I mean, I thought it was all right. Um, <laughs> no, it was, I, it was very by the numbers. It's not like one of the first noir films that you would watch, but it's definitely one like you would put in that list of things to watch on there. It's like, hey, this if you've seen this one, go watch all these other ones sort of thing. And I'm just, just saying from this, I'm not putting words in your mouth, Joey. That's just no, what I'm absolutely saying. right. It's, it's a standard film. You know, it's got the intro, exposition, and, and you know, clear middle and ending. It's, it's not, you know cute with a whole bunch of things it's got good acting it's it's a it's a good film overall i think all right so if we're renaming this as uh joey alluded alluded to this is a movie that he feels could have a rename to it what do you would you call it uh old white people do bank heist <laughs> i don't see how this is any different from any other old white people do bank heist <laughs> and to be fair the guy was 32 but looked younger so i wouldn't call this old yeah but the other criminals were what 40 yeah. One guy was forty, but yeah. Charles Bronson was not forty. Oh yeah. No. Oh, I, I wanted did. to mention that earlier. He was ripped in this movie. I there was think... one scene you saw him from the side. He looked like he had steel arms. You guys don't I see think... the Great Escape. It, he, <laughs> this is not unusual for him I to think be ripped. Charles Bronson was like twenty-one in this movie, but with his face, he still looked like he was forty-four. Oh yeah, easy. You know. Uh. Well, he's got a very unique look. It helps in in Hollywood to have that way of of like separating yourself from. You can still be a good-looking guy, but not necessarily being. A person of uh, like of note, like he mm-hmm. never was the lead until later on. Yeah, Jeff yeah. Wish, and right? All this. But um, and in fact, he was billed as Charles Bachinski. Like he hadn't gone for Charles Bronson yet for this movie. Oh, so. he's the Hollywood name. Yeah, no, that's his real name. That's oh, why. Wow. Yeah, by Charles Bachinski or whatever. No, he's so. talking about Bronson's the Hollywood. Yes, Bronson. Yeah. Oh, yes, yeah. yes, yes. That is correct. Yeah. My bad. No, um, I like this movie. I wouldn't mind if they keep the title, but if I had to pick another title. They kept bringing up the ex-con factor, so I was thinking, like, just the ex-con. What would he do? Oh, yeah, that's a good one, You know, actually. the ex-con. Because it was basically came up down to what, what, what was he going to do? Was he going to join back with the gang? Was he going to try to help the police out? What, what was he going to do? It was all about the ex-con. At mm-hmm. one point, the, the, the detective turned to him and was like, how can you go back to a life of crime? You've got a wife. You've got a home. You've got a bank account. Like, criminals don't have bank accounts. Yeah. Well, not really. <laughs> it's not – I mean, a lot of it, they just keep the money on hand. It's not it, – it doesn't benefit people for keeping it in a bank account. But but how are you going to make the spin? Because there's bound to be other films called Ex-Con. You think so? I, shall I look I, it up? I, I guarantee there's no – yeah, I bet they don't know a um, movie called the Ex-Con because nobody is net creative. <laughs> As you are, man. <laughs> I'm just saying, though. Um, what's the movie? It's yeah. one from 2000, but it looks like it's a short, so no. I win again. Herman's winning. There, there's one in development called the X Cons, but that's about it. There's yeah, pros yeah. and X Cons. That, uh-huh. that, there's Sex Court, for whatever reason that pulled up. <laughs> it's got all the right letters in a row. Right. It was a TV series in 1998, and looks like it had Julie Strain in it. Yep, it, she was the judge. <laughs> really? It was 59 <laughs> episodes. <laughs> Wait, so it not just, just kept one going. Season. Yeah. Ex Con or Sex Court? I'm not talking about Ex Court anymore. I've moved on to Sex Court. <laughs> okay, on, okay. No, no, I just got, let me go say that. I think, I think I'm going to go pull, pull that up. Yeah. <laughs> oh, um, yeah, right, yeah. yeah. 
Do you not get enough of Julie Strain? I mean, that, that might, in fact, really, she's not the the, the 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 cock of the walk anymore, so to speak. I don't when it comes even know who Julie Strain is. You know, all right, fine. Maybe you didn't have Cinemax when you were a teenager <laughs> like I did. You yeah, mean? yeah. She she appeared in a lot of that shit. She's oh, she's uh, she's aggressively tall. She's a brunette. See, yeah, she's a brunette. Like she's one of those okay. women that was like six one, six two, but still wore like five inch heels. See, this is how I know I haven't caught up to you as my love of movies. Back then, when I did watch Skin Max, I wasn't worrying about their names. I was just like getting <laughs> naked. But you probably went like, "Who is that?" Yeah, I was curious about what other films yeah, they were I doing. I that, wasn't worrying about that. They, that probably wasn't the only film they shot that day. So I was curious <laughs> what what else. Like, yeah, come on, man. Line them up, knock them down. Right. So what you thought of? We got everybody opinion, but yours, huh? I said it was fine. I didn't think I. To be fair, it was good, not great, not like our third film. This was uh, we were we were coming to our third film. The piece Uh, of resistance, right? uh, We actually were only going to do two because I felt like Joey didn't need to go through the entire uh, filmography for Crime Wave. I'm young, I can handle it. Right. This film was only 80 minutes long. No, and it wasn't. It, it felt like. <laughs> wow. He's right. He's right. It's, it's 80 minutes long. Look, Herman, just because you fell asleep halfway through doesn't mean it it's wasn't. It's from Canada. There's no real trailer. There's like, the, when I looked online, there was like a two-minute clip. So we'll, we'll show the two-minute clip right now. At first, I thought Stephen had done it. After all his beginnings and endings, he would finally go all the way. He would become a successful color crime movie maker, and I'd bring him to class, and we would explain how it was done. First thing in making a color crime movie, you need a color crime movie maker. This person here is a color crime movie maker. His name is Steven. He lives in our garage. When you make a movie, you have to learn how to type the script out. You can sometimes type during the night or during the day. The best thing is typing during the night by the street light. I called Steven at lunch to congratulate him, but there was no answer. I called again at break, but again, there was no answer. Steven! Steven! It wasn't till I peeked in the window that I learned the awful truth. Steven had failed and went straight from his typewriter to his bed and didn't leave it. His plan was to not eat or drink and let his beard and fingernails and toenails grow and stare at the ceiling until he starved. Well, that's his privilege, and I suggest you don't bother him so much. Hold still. Well, hurry up. I could see if anyone was going to save Stephen, it was me. Stephen, I have some good food for you. Stephen? Oh, Canada, oh, Canada. I wish I knew the words. <laughs> Close enough. So I'm going to stop. We're, we're, we're glad that Herman not only doesn't know the words to O Canada, but he sings so off key, no one can actually claim copyright laws on this at all. Yeah, this won't get flagged at all. Yeah. Cool, cool. Yeah, you are, for some reason, singing Oh Beautiful for Spacious Guys. <laughs> right, but that's saying, you were going but, but saying Oh Canada for whatever reason. Yeah, isn't that how it goes? No. No. Oh. Not, he not goes, oh, Canada, we blame our legs on thee, something, blah, blah, blah. Then it turns into a Rush song. That's yes. all I know. Okay. Yeah. So this is about a, a guy going through writer's block. It is, uh, he, he's uh, stowed up in a guest room like Fonzie. Like he's he's above the garage sort of thing. If you've been to an Airbnb, this is the what's turned into that extra room that people will have on hand. That's basically what he, he's living in. 
Uh, and the, the girl that lives in the main house is completely enamored by him. And she is our storyteller. She's the one yes. that is telling us uh, about everything that goes on. You can actually find out that, that she doesn't do much acting anymore, but she turned into a news reporter after this. So she, she developed a career. If you go to Crime Wave on IMDb and try to look up at any of the people that start in this, it's just a lot of blank pictures. Nobody actually has professional shots of no. this at all. Yeah, it looked like they were just basically his friends. Like, you know, I'm doing a movie. I want to be in it. Sure, why not? Yeah, there wasn't, there wasn't a ton of people tied to this that you would recognize. Kind of how like we'd be like, yo, we got a podcast. You want to come and wow. sit yeah. down with it? Thanks, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really appreciate uh, that. Not just you, just oh, honorary uh, James. No, James never came. Fuck him. Um, <laughs> Dave, no, no. Yeah, we had Nick come. Dave, Nick Moore. Nick. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, Eric, you know, we give shout-outs to our boys. <laughs> you know? Fair enough. Yeah, if you can, you get a shout-out. Right. The, the picture that they used for the, the poster was actually drawn by the guy that wrote and directed. His name is John Pays. And Pays. Yeah, it's P-A-I-Z-S, which is a weird way to... Uh, John Pays. The Pays. The Pays. He did, he did a lot of remote shots for Kids in the Hall. This is what piqued my interest for this, because okay. uh, P- Kids in the Hall holds a special place in my heart sure. for, that's, for, that's, for a, a sketch group. They, they're the that's ones... His, that's, your, that's your living color. Like, I... <laughs> I'm yes, exactly. You kids and all. Like, yeah, your, yours is that cult of personality video that they made, but mine is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So yes, uh, kids in the hall was was. I think I told you that whole story about how my my grandparents disowned my parents after watching an episode of Kids in the Hall, didn't I? Yeah. I, okay. Yeah. yeah. They, wow. Yeah, yeah. You can tell Joe the story. It's funny. It, it's it's not that it's funny. It's just one of those things. Like when I was a kid, it was tough to find episodes of Kids in the Hall. Sure. Um, and we were in Dallas, and they had Comedy Central. And the, we didn't have Comedy Central. So the moment it came on, I didn't care. I just played it. It was in the main den. We watched it. And afterwards, my, my grandparents wanted to dis- disown my parents because, oh my because of how bad it was. The, the opening episode is – or the opening sketch is probably my favorite one out of the bunch because it's about – like it's in a business court setting – not business court, but business setting where they're in a, a um, uh, in a meeting. And they're looking over these charts, and one guy's just giggling to himself. And then he's like, "Oh, I know what's going on. You did these reports naked, didn't you?" Like that. That's. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, eventually, they kick him out. And there's a shot of he says, uh, "Bring Bingo in here." They always had a, a clown, and they show uh, bring Bingo in here with the coffee. He's pouring coffee. He's completely naked, pouring coffee, and and the guy's just giggling to himself. That really wasn't the bad sketch out of the bunch, but it was still like enough to where it's like my parents don't go to church sort of thing. <laughs> that started your, that your whole thing. Your grandparents were so concerned that they were like, we have to disown the rest of our family. Of course, yes. Uh, we, we weren't really liked anyway, so it's not like – it was like we, we had it coming, and I just was like the final straw. So, I got to say, man, I, I met your parents, and your mom and dad are real cool people, but I could see that they're very uh, conservative and stuff. So if your family, if your mom and dad was the black sheep, like, I hate, how was your other people? Like, they must have been super, super strict. No, it's not that they were strict. They just weren't favorites. And when you have favorites and families, okay, okay, they, they're okay, not necessarily okay. better. I thought they're just more okay. liked by whoever. Like, they have a, a cloud of, uh, of uh, suspicion surrounding certain people, no matter how good they are. Okay. And then other people, it's just like, they can do no wrong. I thought, like, you know, your dad was the first one to wear a blazer with jeans, and he was like... I dare you. You get out this house. They were the youngest. Both of them were the youngest of their family. So uh, that that may have had a lot to do with it. 
And don't you feel that way, Joey? You're not like the most like. <laughs> no, he's not the youngest. I'm tied for youngest. Yes. So. So they're tied for we people that hate the, the most. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so this this kid uh, is. Uh, uh, enamored with what's going on, she's collecting the papers. And what's great about the movie is, anytime he actually writes something, they put it on video, so you watch yes. it. Uh, so you get to watch like the entire process go through, and uh, you you learn through his uh, like how how much he develops writer's block, trying to come up with the perfect story. They call it uh, color crime yes. movies, uh, and uh, then this might come into our decision when it comes to the name of the Whoa, movie. Yeah, I already had the name. Yeah, it was, yeah. It was probably going to be Color Crime, because that, that made more sense than Crime Wave. Crime Wave was the name of the film that he was trying to develop, so he had the name of the film. He had the concept, which was, the top! Few people reach it! Like that's Every film started that way, right. and there were people in the south, and there were people in the west and the east, but it was the north that he was concerned with every time. And any whatever why. profession that they were trying to make, be it uh, uh, music impersonators or uh, Amway sellers, they yes, called it Alway, but or self help gurus, they had a bit of murder involved in order to make them uh, go all the way to the top. So that's that's how they were de- developing this whole thing. He was always good at writing beginnings and endings, but he could never get the the middle quite right. Right, right. That was but, the setup. But that's that's where the girl comes in. She not only helps him. By uh, bringing him to a guy that gives him uh, uh, like a eureka moment afterwards, but also is uh, the inspiration for their help. They're they're very much um, uh, uh, symbiotes in trying to come up with a, a story idea. There's not their their relationship is is like a uh, maybe like a Calvin and Hobbes sort of relationship or something like a Han and Chewie sort of relationship. They yes, they if, work well off of each if other. If it started by Chewie digging through Han's trash, yes, yes. that is exactly. You've seen Solo, have you? <laughs> that is exactly what happens. Uh, but anyway, so the the entire film is working through the process. It is beloved by people, but is it beloved by the people that were in this audience now? No, I mean. <laughs> Okay, granted, I felt asleep on it, but that's because it was so boring. That's why. Um, I thought it was going to be good. <laughs> I thought. It, it's, it Your reviews are, are so in, in intricate in the way that you just <laughs> tear apart every layer that you're working with. It's not good. Boring. The words that just flow out of your mouth, Herman, when it comes to these things. Yes, thank you. I try my best. I got real thesaurus in my brain right now. Joey, what did you think of this movie? <laughs> I thought it was uh, weird. Uh, I'm going to start off with so. one yes. word. One word is going to be weird. But, you know, it was kind of endearing. There were some, some funny bits that I think you just can't help but to laugh at, even if, even if the movie was trying to be serious with it. Well, this movie was great. You guys are both wrong. <laughs> you like this movie? This, this is my favorite of the three you films. Lie. Wow. I am you not lying. This, is, this was a film that, uh, yes, I had to drag both of you into it. And it might not have been, if I knew that we were going to watch all three of the films, this might not have been the third film. Okay, this might have been the yeah. second film, just because of the ratings. The IMDb ratings for each one of the films. The first film we watched was 5.8. Okay. The second film we watched was 7.4. This was 7.1. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. These are heavily rated, considering the, 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 the films we usually watch on these things are usually not that high. Yeah, so these our, are pretty good. Our last podcast included the Mario Van Peoples solo, which was floating around a 3.4, maybe? Yikes. Yes, but featured Adrian Brody, which we did not realize oh. was in the movie. Yes. 
And and feature Mario Van Peebles. Oh, yeah, he's in it too. Yes. (laughs) But we knew that. Man, this movie was suck. What you talking about? This movie was great. There was a lot about it that that, that was very entertaining. I loved loved the the, uh, Criterion movie. The uh, the each one of the the stories that he came up with were great. Like each oh, yeah. one of the individual things, it it was a bit slow in the middle. I'm not going to deny the fact that once he started going on the road, it just wasn't as interesting. But when it, it cleaned it up at the very end, especially when he came back for the uh, triumphant return and he came up with his new novel, all that stuff was great. All uh, there was a lot of enduring stuff about this movie that you don't see in these type of films. Especially, it had a very Pete and Pete quality yes. for for this, where these these are people that live in a world that is hyper realized from what you normally see, and it plays it like it's PG, and then there are moments where you're like, no, this is not a PG film at all. <laughs> it's like were those breasts? Oh yeah. my god! Yeah, there was a moment where they're just <laughs> sitting around, and the woman has is shirtless for whatever reason. Like they they don't explain it or bring it up again. And there's just moments where they have stuff, or there's like moments where they just slip an f bomb, or they just say bitch, like they yeah. they do those things. But it's got a very like the, the they 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 included us like happy music. There's happy music right. that happens in this, thing. and it just plays over and over yeah. every time. <laughs> it, it it's probably like uh, what it was public domain. That's yeah, probably why yeah, they used yeah. it. So uh, it was easier to get those type of uh, music cues. But yes, I enjoyed this film. And would watch it again. I definitely agree with you. I, I think the, the the first half was probably the best part yes. of the movie. Like you get all these different stories that she stumbles upon, and they they sort of they, they film you know how the story will play out. They show you what the 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 beginning would be and what the ending would be. Right, right. So you get this like fake Elvis Presley character, and you get the the multi level marketing people who end up being you know murderers and that. Yes, kind of yes. Thing. Th- those are all definitely exciting to see. Right. But I think it, I think the most interesting thing is that of all the three films that we saw today, I think each one of us picked a different of the three films that we would keep as the original. Well, I didn't say it would keep it no, as no, the original title. I just said this was the this is my favorite it. film. Oh, I, I don't think anybody's putting the Sam Raimi like. film as their favorite film. Are you putting that as your favorite film? That's the one that I would keep as. But the is that your favorite? Title. But is that your favorite film tonight? <sighs> I knew you were going to ask me that question. Oh, yeah, that's yes. what this is all about. You brought it up, so I, I'm telling you. I wouldn't keep Crime Wave as the title. I, I, just because it's my favorite film doesn't mean I would keep it as the title. In fact, I think Color Crime plays Color it. Color Crime would yeah, be, yeah. Yes. It's a better title. I think we title, can all agree it. on that. Yes. Yeah. I, if, you, if you forced me to pick yeah. which one that I would you know, probably watch again. Mm-hmm. And if you're going to drag it out, let's keep going. Let's yeah. stretch. Come on. I, I, I'm going to agree with you, Rob. I think the last one was probably oh. the most rewatchable oh. one. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Herman. Look, don't be angry at the movie that you can't stay awake for it, okay? Yeah, 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 okay. Just be angry at me for picking it. That's, no, it's no, easy. no, 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 no. You can't pick it. Robert picked it. Trust me, if you wasn't here, he probably would have got me to watch it. Yes, that's true. <laughs> I would have. Uh, it, it, it was definitely like one of those things like, hey, Herman, you're going to stick around and watch this, aren't you? And, yeah. <laughs> Fine. Yeah. Don't have anything else going on. <laughs> yeah, I ain't got nothing else to do. The kids just calling me, asking me about stuff. <laughs> no, nah, I got time. I got time. I got it's time. only my birthday, Robert. <laughs> yeah, they're trying to take me out to Golden is Corral. Is it your birthday? No. Oh, I was going to say. But next week is Father's Day. Oh, that's true. Uh, right, yeah. So I'm going to be paying for something, of, of course. course. Yeah. Shit, Incredible Stew comes out, man. That's what we're going to do. Yeah, we, I do we that already, too. We already talked that's about it. That's pretty good. Of course it is. Yeah. It'll be great. I might take him to see Hereditary. 
Oh, <laughs> really? <laughs> That's a different nope. Different angle there. You just don't want your kids to come back and see you again. Then. <laughs> right? I, I've, no, I, I've, we we've discussed hereditary on this before. They they had it in Austin when I uh, when I saw it in March, and I I, I told Herman about that. This movie specifically was the scariest thing I've seen in years. No way. And I will never. Yeah, I will not watch it again. Wow. Like it, it is. It, it it disturbed me at levels that that films do not. And it it has nothing to do with your typical scares because it's a twenty four. And usually with a twenty four, they uh they they set you up for something and then they deliver something completely different. And uh, what's great about this is they tell you that this thing's going to be scary, and it most certainly is. Wow. And it's not like your normal jump scare sort of thing. It is It is very disturbing. Disturbing. It is a disturbing film. And for it to get a 3,000-seat release this weekend is unbelievable because people will be going out of this movie saying, that film sucked. Like, they will say oh, that. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's going to be that type of movie. Uh, and I told Herman that he probably would not like it. Like I would I would bet dollars to donuts this would be a, a Herman film that he would not like. And every time since then he has been goading me by saying I'm going to go check it out I on am. Robert's recommendation <laughs> just like I do with The Witch. Yeah, I even told him like on The Witch is like you're probably not going to like this like oh whatever. And Robert said The Witch, I'm watching it. <laughs> right. And even though I was probably going to go check it out anyway, but he also recommended I go see The Lobster. I did not recommend. <laughs> yeah, did yes, not recommend the lobster yes, to you yeah. at all. I think. I think at the lobster, he realized. Like, of the things in theaters <laughs> right now, I would recommend you go see Upgrade, without a doubt. It, yeah, yeah. You told uh, me about Upgrade the is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my second favorite film so far this year, and it oh. is fantastic. What about like, Ocean's, Ocean Eight is in theaters right now. What about that? I haven't seen it yet. Okay. What's your number one favorite film so far? This year? Isle of Dogs. Okay. The wow. Wes Anderson film. That's been on my list. I haven't seen it. Yeah, yet. it's it's a Wes Anderson movie. Yeah. Which also we did for the podcast. If anybody want to go archive it, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. There was a England uh, film from England from 2011. There is a spot in England called Isle of Dogs, and it, it's a gangster film that really wants to be like a uh, uh, Guy Ritchie sort of thing, mm-hmm. and it is awful. <laughs> it is bad. It, it really does not do well, and it's one of those things like we just got to change the title for this because it just sucks. But uh, but anyway, I, I think uh, honestly, you guys just really enjoy watching really bad movies. I do. That's the whole I point do. of this podcast. That's the whole point. Well, that's, <laughs> a, that's the whole point of the podcast. But that's the thing. That's the thing that we we gonna watch so many movies. We're, we're, we're gonna watch. I'm gonna show you a trailer of, a, of another sure. bad movie that that I uh, I ran into uh, before this. But we we've reached the end of of this particular <laughs> podcast. Uh, do either one of you want to promote anything that's coming up? Well, by the time y'all hear this podcast, me and uh, Robert and probably Joey, if he, if he signs up for it, we'll be appearing on a trivia podcast. Um, you can, it's called It's Trivial. I it's think Trivial? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so uh, check it out on the podcast streaming service. When we do uh, get a link for it, we're probably going to post it on. Um, sure. Well, we still have a Facebook page. No, no, but we can put it on like one of our things that we have. Yeah, on. yeah. I mean, if y'all follow me, I'm pretty sure I got. A couple of followers, I think. Sure, of course. At least two. Uh, At least two, yeah. (laughs) Also, uh, upcoming uh, Spoof Night, we've got uh, Mortal Kombat happening on July 6th, if anybody's in town for that. And we have Space Jam happening August 24th. Both of those, you can buy tickets right now if you want to at Manship Theater Raw slash events, because they spell it weird. Theater. Theater. Also, you can find it for any other family dinner events coming up, including our show on June 15th, which I think will be dropping the same time that this podcast will be dropping. We will see. That, that was quick. June 15th? Yeah. That's June yeah. 9th. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. 
Well, it's improv. We don't it, that. There's no real need to prepare for no, improv. I'm just, I'm just, just saying how fast it goes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that's it. Uh, so we are changing the title to two of these films. It'll be the first film keeps its title, the the Sam Raimi film. The second film, which is our noir film, changed to XCon. The third film, which is the film from Canada, gets changed to Crime Code. Right? Color crime. Color, color, color so, crime. Wait, that's wait, it. Wait, wait, wait a minute. You mean to tell me if we, it took? Us to watch three movies that I actually get a, t- a title change. I finally get a title change. You got title changes before. Not in a long time. Yeah, yeah. Nah, not you totally do. You, nah, sh- you should nah. listen to your own work. Uh, <laughs> you do. I ain't gonna lie. Yeah, I, I, I spent a lot of times to you on <laughs> these things. Saying, there's literal tape of all these conversations. <laughs> I don't believe it. I need proof. All right. For another There Can Be Only One podcast, my name is Robert Rao. Herman Omega Prime Davis. Mm, Joseph Joey Patton. Good night, everybody. <laughs> Over oh, episodes. See, that's the so, yeah. yeah, everybody that we bring in onto this is like a fresh faced kid that's like, wow, I'll watch even more movies. And Herman's like, no. <laughs> six hours of movies? Uh, yes, sir. Sign me up. <laughs> well, I wouldn't mind if it was six hours of good movies, but it was like an hour and a half of one good movie, and uh, the rest was like. Look, Wesley Snipes uh, can only make so many movies. I don't know why you're assuming. <laughs> That we can find the treasures out there among all the muck that we uh, dig up through these things. Muck, I think. Well, most of these movies don't qualify for our show because it's direct video and all that. That's just because people don't pay attention. Mm. If you look at the titles for a lot of things, it's pretty easy to find these. So it's not difficult, as you put it. It's it's really difficult. It's difficult. All right, fair enough. Let's get them started, folks.